Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. How are we doing? All good? All right? Fantastic. It's great to be here this morning. Um, yeah, my name's Grayson. I'm originally from Wales. Some people think I'm from Australia. Some people think I'm from South Africa. Others think I'm from America. I'm from Wales. Okay, South Wales, down by the coast, down by the Gower. Lovely place to go if it's sunny. It's sunny about four days a year, so... Um, but on a good day, it's a really good place. And it is my privilege to be here this morning. I just, I'm so thrilled to be here because Phil, me and Phil have worked together. He's been on my team. And I want to just encourage you. You've got a great, great leader in Phil. He is a fantastic person. He's a fantastic leader. But more than that, he's got God's heart, which I love that about him. Every time, every time I hear him speak about something, it's enthusiasm, it's genuine integrity. He's got a great, and it's just so good to be here with the leadership and all of you here this morning. And so thank you for receiving me. Um, just to give you a little bit about myself, 1986, I became a Christian. My mum was saved 10 years before I was saved, uh, and she just plagued me. Like, you know, know when you got a mosquito in your room? And it's just buzzing around all the time. And you just can't stop. That was my mum. Great, you need Jesus. Great, you need Je- Great, you need to come to church. Sort your life out. And she kept on and on and on. And I was getting worse and worse and worse. But inside, God was ruining me. He was stripping everything away until one night I gave my life to him. Best decision I ever made 32 years ago. 7th of December, 1986. And then within a year, uh, I'd met my wife-to-be. She'd come into church in the July got saved, came to the front, uh, bowed the knee before Jesus. Uh, she got dramatically saved. And then we decided to go to Bible College, to um, Mattersea Hall. Went there in 1988. We've got four kids. We planted a church in Barnsley or was in, involved in a church plant. We were there for 11 years. And then we moved to Doncaster, which was a more traditional kind of AOG church. And we've been there 16 years. Um, I've got four kids. My oldest, oldest son is 29 He's planting a church down in Swansea. My second son is a football player. He plays professional football. My third son is working in the church. His name is Dan. He's part of our creative. And then my daughter is married to our campus pastor in Doncaster. Got one dog and one wife, and that's me. <laughs> so you know me. We know each other. You ready for the word of God? Yeah. Fantastic. Okay, Luke chapter 5. <clears throat> it should come up. Excuse me. <clears throat> Luke chapter 5, I want to talk about feelings, facts, or faith. What are we living by? Feelings, facts, or faith. Listen to what the Bible says. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon asked, and master, we've worked hard all night and we haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that the nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. 
And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. 1986, I gave my life to Jesus. And that night, transformed, my spirit came alive. I knew that I was saved. I didn't know what I was doing in the sense of knowing what to do or anything. But that night, something dramatically happened inside my heart that changed my whole trajectory for the rest of my life. But the thing is, when I got saved, I thought, and nobody told me anything different, that I thought once you're saved, that's it, all sorted. Everything is now fixed, and everything will work well, and everything will happen okay. And slowly I found out that I was still the same, even though I was changed. Have you found that? So I I had the same problems, same challenges, same things that were going wrong. And over the last 32 years, I think it's fair to say that I've messed up many, many times. Many times where God could have walked away from me, many times when he could have given up on me, many times when I felt full of guilt, full of condemnation, and the only thing that rescued me was Jesus and faith. Not, not the way I felt, not the way that I acted, not the things that I was doing, not the way that I was holding on, but the fact that by faith, somehow he held me in the midst of all the stuff that was happening that allowed me to move forward. And the more that I began to learn, the more I began to understand that it's not how I live, it's my faith in him. Now I know we've got to live right, but some of us are trying to live right more than we're trying to believe right. Some of us are more bothered about what we do and how we do it than we are in putting our faith in Jesus. And the fact is, if you are going to live for Jesus, you've got to put your faith in him. You, you, can, you can do wrong, you can mess up. And there are people here this morning, you are full of guilt. You're sitting here this morning, you, you're confused inside because you say, I, I want to break free of that and I want to move forward. I want to step into something new. And yet I find that constantly I come up against me, my issue, my habit, my problem, my thing that defines me. And I want to say to you, you will never break that until you really put your faith in him. Because the more you concentrate on trying to sort out your life, the less you're going to be able to sort out your life. Because he's the only one who can sort it. He's the only one who can fix you. He's the only one. So if you're having a good day today, it's all about Jesus. If you're having a bad day, don't worry, because it's all about Jesus. If your world is going up, it's all about Jesus. If it's going down, it's still all about Jesus. Because Jesus is the, the, the center of everything. And unless we understand that, sometimes we can fall into the trap of thinking, look how good I'm doing. Look how, oh, look how rubbish I'm doing. And we're on this roller coaster through life, worrying about all the different stuff when Jesus wants us trust in him. He wants you to believe in him. Put your faith in him. That this morning, whatever is going on in your life right now, God is working right now. In the background, in the shadows, behind your back, he's doing more than you can ever imagine. He's doing much more than you could ever guess. And he's doing it brilliantly. And he doesn't need you and he doesn't need everybody else. And he, What he needs you to do is put your trust in him. Put your faith in him. That you abide in him. Then he is able to do what he's able to do. 
very often we, we get trapped in church. One of my, one of my pet hates is religion. Because religion is about what you do and what you don't do more than who you're doing it with. You're not called to live a religious life. You're called to serve Jesus. He calls you friend. He makes you part of his family. Why does he do that? Not so that you can live by these rules and regulations. When my kids come home, they dump things in the, in the in, you know, they're all living away now. They put their coat down. They'll stick their bag down, feet off. Hey, dad, what we got in the fridge? You help themselves to what's going on. Mum, are you cooking? What's going on? Dad, dad, can you help me with my car? Can you help? They are talking to me in relationship. They don't come in and go, hello, father. <laughs> How is thou today? Is thus doing well? <laughs> I can't even do all of it. But you know what I'm saying? They come in. Why? Because they trust me. They know me. They understand me. They, they share their problems. They don't hide them because they know they're going to find acceptance and, and love. And hey, guys, even if it's going tough, don't worry about it. Come on in. Come on. We can pray about it. They know they can be vulnerable. Why? Because of relationship. Some of you are too religious on God. You're coming into his presence and instead of opening your heart, you, you're almost coming, oh Lord, I, I come into you. And God's like, who are you? Well, come on, come on. <laughs> Just talk to me. Stop doing all this stuff with me. You know, I know the who dwells in, on the circle of the earth and God is going, hello. Let's have a chat about this. And you talk for 20 minutes before you get to the problem and God just wants you to get to it. God, I need you at last. Come on. God wants to connect with us. Listen to what Romans says. That we've got to live by faith. Romans 1.17. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Faith, not belief. Faith. You know what belief is? Belief is, oh, well, I believe there's a God. And then I carry on with my life. Faith is, I believe there's a God. So I step into him. And now I'm in Christ, so every step that I make, I understand that I'm in Christ, that he's in me, that we are connected. There's a scripture that I'm going to read this afternoon. It says, you are connected to the Holy One. I think I'm going to read this. Maybe there's a different one. (laughs) But the fact is, the fact is, you are loved by God. You're called by God. You're cherished by God. You're blessed by God. You're anointed by God. You are incredible. You know, the the devil wants to keep from you how awesome you are in God. If he can just get you looking at yourself, if he can just get you navel-gazing and get you analyzing your problems, you'll never become the person God wants you to be. But God wants you understanding you are incredible. You are dangerous for the kingdom of heaven. If only you would allow God to move you into what he's got for you. But it can only happen by faith. It can only happen when we get into the currency. Because it says this in Hebrews 11 and verse 6. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So what's the opposite of that? If you want to please God, it's just faith. It's just faith. You can have everything right and everything wrong. So your life can be completely right and have no faith, so it's all wrong. And your life can be so out of tilt that everybody thinks you're way off beam. But if you've got faith, you're right where you need to be. Do you know why? Because if you've got faith, you're in connection with God. And he sorts out all the the issues around your life because he's got your life. And it's really important we understand this. 
Because we need to be people of faith. We need to be people who move into what God has got. There is not one person in this room that God isn't saying, I've got an incredible life for you. I've got an incredible future. You think that what you've been through has defined you and stopping you from moving forward. God says, no, no, that defines you. That's the springboard I'm going to use to send you into everything that I've got for you. Your past cannot define you and stop you. Because God doesn't allow us to go through anything that he can't use in our future. So stop looking at yourself and thinking, oh, but you don't know me. I don't need to know you. I know him. So all we need to know is Jesus. That's why we sing about him. That's why we worship him. That's why we pray to him. That's why we read his word. We're listening to what he says, nobody else. Some of us have grown up and we've been told, you'll never make it. You'll never do it. You'll never break through. You'll never get where you're thinking. I want to say to you, you can. Because he will. He'll give you the miracle. He'll give you the breakthrough. But what he wants is for you to have a faith in him that you are going to hold on, that you're going to fight, that you're going to push. And I want to explain to you this morning what faith is all about. Is that okay? So we got this story. Jesus comes. He's talking on the beach and he's standing. You know, it's a lake, but the beach basically. And he's standing on on the beach and he's starting to communicate with people. It's probably early morning because the guys are washing their nets. They've been out all night working. They've been trying to fish. They've been doing what they're doing. So it's early morning still. So Jesus thinks he starts talking to a few people and, and all of a sudden a crowd starts to gather. So he's, he's walking back a bit and he's saying, come in a bit closer, guys. Come in a bit closer. Come on, let's, let's work. Come on, that's right. Come in. You at the back. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. So I want to tell you about God. God loves you. God. And he would have been pouring out his heart as he's talking. But the further he's going back, he realizes that he's now stuck. He's got a great crowd and people are still coming into the crowd. And so he says to Peter, who's there, he says, Peter, excuse me, mate, is this, is this your boat? I don't know if he spoke like this, but I guess he was fairly human. <laughs> hey, mate, can I get in your boat? And Peter, yeah, whatever, whatever. So he gets into the boat and he says, do us a favor, Peter, will you push this boat out a little bit for me? Peter's probably thinking, oh, these preachers, they want everything. Come on, pushes him out a little bit, gets off the shore, and then Jesus begins to teach all the people. Now, I want you to understand what's going on. He is talking to all the people. And while he's talking to all the people, Peter is washing his nets. He's been out all night. He's been fishing all night. He's tired. He's probably wet. He's probably stinking because he's been fishing and trying to catch. Nothing's going on. He's tired, fed up. Totally fed up. All night fishing caught nothing. So... I'm not a fisherman. I hate fishing, actually, because it's all you do is sit. But they weren't fishermen that sat. They were fishermen that worked their socks off. They were casting it, pulling it in, looking through it all. There was boots and there was everything else other than fish. And he was depressed. So he's sitting there fixing nets. Why? Because he knows he's got to do the same tonight. So I've got to fix these nets. I've got to clean them out. I've got to get them all sorted. And while he's fixing the nets, Jesus is by the side of him speaking. He's talking. He's communicating what? The word of God. Jesus is the word of God, but he was speaking the word of God. So Peter is at the side doing his nets, but he's hearing the word of God. And as as Jesus is preaching, he comes to the end of his sermon. Then he says to Peter, will you push out into deep water? Come on, mate, do us a favor. We've been here all night. We've been doing it. We've got everything going on. He's the guy who understands what it is to fish. He knows 
how to fish. He knows when to fish. He knows all the different stuff that he needs to. And yet Jesus says to him, will you push out into deeper water? Now the problem for, for Peter is Peter's the fisherman. He's the skilled man. Now listen here, Jesus, you don't go fishing in the day around here, okay? You go fishing at night. Why did he go fishing at night? Because that's when you did the fishing. That's, Peter knew that. You go fishing at night. And also, you don't push into the deep. If you've read anything about this, it says that the, the lake would have different entry points. And where the fresh water would come into the, into the lake, the shallow areas, that's where all the fish would gather. Because when the fresh water is coming in, it's bringing all the nutrients and all the food that they want. So they'll fish. So they'll, they'll, they'll eat in the night in the shallows. Jesus is saying, push out into the deep in the day. This preacher's got it back to front. This preacher don't know what he's talking about. I'm tired and here he comes along and tells me to do something. You see, it didn't fit with his feelings. He was tired, fed up, wet, angry, annoyed. It didn't fit in with the facts. You fish at night in the shallows. He's telling me to push out in the deep. But what did he do? He said, because you say it, I'll do it. He didn't go with what he felt because he would have gone home. He didn't do what he knew were the facts. He did what the word of God said. And for you and me, we need to be people who learn to listen to the word of God. That we trust the word. And the first thing I want to say to you, you have got to be somebody who hears God's word. Now listen to me. You've got to hear God's word. Not just read God's word. You've got to hear it. You've got to understand it. You've got to hear God speaking through his word. And it says of Peter that as he sits by the side, he's hearing Jesus speak and he's clearly open, open to what Jesus is saying. You see, I think when the, when the preacher started Jesus, that Peter's sitting there going, oh, that's all I need now is a bunch of people standing on the beach. I'm sitting here with my boxes and my nets. I'm sitting here with my gut and my fish, you know, the, the, the swords and whatever else they use to gut the fish. And all of them are crowding in. I bet Peter had to move up. Yeah, okay, guys, okay. And he's probably frustrated enough with his night's fishing that didn't work. Now he's got a gang of people turning up listening to this preacher. But as Jesus is preaching, as the word is being released, something is happening in Peter which he doesn't realize. Because as, as he's listening, just by the side of it, something is stirring in his life called faith. Because how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the message of Christ. Faith comes by hearing the word. And as he's sitting there, just sitting under the word. Why do we need to come to church? Why do we come to church? You need to sit under revelation. You need to sit under truth. But also you need to get your truth. When you're driving in the car, when you're sitting in the house, when you're working by the sink, when you're doing something on the computer, stop watching all the box sets and start listening to the Word of God. Because in the Word of God is the God Word for you. Because as he's listening, something is stirring in his heart. Something, faith is starting to grow in his life. And then Jesus turns around to him and gives him a rhema word. Now he's not speaking to the crowd. Now he's speaking to him personally. Out of the logos comes the rhema. Out of the general word comes the specific word. If you're not getting the word into you, how can God get a word to you? Hello? And as he's listening, Jesus turns to him and says, Peter, put out into deep water. 
put out into deep water. And the word caught hold of him. What did he create? Faith. Actually, this don't make sense. This is stupid. What do you mean put out in it? But because you say it, I'll do it. Can I say something to you? When Jesus speaks to you, very rarely does it make sense. Very rarely does it fit in with your little way of understanding things. Your little way of your theology and your little way of of working it all. The word comes to connect us to spirit, not to natural. The word comes and breaks past our mental thinking. Put out into deep water. Jesus, what are you talking about? Now, I know, and Peter could have sat down. Peter wasn't just a guy who was used to fishing. This was his business. It was his business to know when the fish were out. It was his business to know when they weren't out. He'd probably been brought up with his dad fishing all his life. Peter's about 23 years of age at this time. He's brought up in a house of fishing. And now the preacher comes and says, do something stupid. Phil said it this morning, but he did. You, you, you go out there and, and talk to people and say, you know, if you give, you're going to get more. How insane are you, mate? Yet it's true. You want to go up in life, you've got to go down. You want to live, you've got to die. You want to be blessed, you've got to bless. The, the kingdom is upside down. It doesn't work. Well, it's the right side up. But often when we look at it, it doesn't fit into our society. It doesn't fit into our thinking. The word of God needs to come. And it needs to create faith in you. You need to be in the word of God. And the word of God needs to be in you. You have to understand it. You have to embrace it. You have to live with it. Listen to what Job says. Job 23 verse 12. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. What did Jesus say? It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. What was he saying? There's something more that I've got to have rather than bread. There's something that that I live on that I'm sustained by something more than just what you think. It's not about what I've got in my physical. It's a spiritual life. And God wants to get you and me to live in this spiritual realm. How are you adhering God's word? How are we? At hearing God speaking to us. When I was first saved, I was, like I said, radically saved. So what I used to do, I didn't know anything about God. Genuinely, this is the God honest truth. When I was first saved, I thought Jesus wrote a book called the Bible. And so when my mum said, here's a Bible, you can read it. I thought I was going to read now Jesus' stories to me that he'd actually written. And then, what is all this? What's this stuff? And then she'd say, oh, just start in Mark And, you know, move through the, get to know Jesus. And I thought, oh, right, okay. So what I used to do, I used to go to work. I used to work as a plumber and heating engineer. I'd go there and I'd come home. I'd have my tea with my mum. And then I'd go in the bath for an hour. So I'd soak in the bath with Fox's Book of Martyrs. It was a book that somebody gave me about people who lived for Jesus and died for Jesus. So I used to sob in the bath, reading about these guys who'd give their lives to God. Then I'd I'd finish in the bath, I'd wipe up, go into my bedroom, and then I'd try and pray for an hour, which I couldn't do because I just didn't know what I was doing. But I'd read the Bible. I'd get into the Word of God, constantly get into the Word of God. So before I became a Christian, I was going out with a girl. Uh, We were engaged to be married. I've been with her for about three and a half years. She dumped me. It's supposed to be, oh. No, no, it's good news. Yay. <laughs> but she dumped me. 
And, and I was heartbroken. I, I loved her, and I, I, was a, I was a wally, basically. I'd done all manner of things, and so she, she should have dumped me. But basically, once she dumped me, I just... So I went on this journey, found Jesus, and then about six months, probably six months, something like that, she got in touch with me. Hey, can we meet? So I thought, oh, God's, gonna, God's doing a work in her. God is going to get her back into church. So I said, well, I'm a Christian now. She said, I know, I've heard. Can I come? Oh, God's going to do it. Yes, he's got it. And so I started going back out with her, and I thought, oh, he's going to really. And then she said one night, she said, let's go to the place where we used to go. I said, oh, I don't do that anymore. What do you mean? I said, I'm a Christian now. I've changed. God's got my life. So I went home, and I remember praying, God, will you save her? Will you save her? And I was reading the Bible one day, and I was reading Genesis 22. It says in Genesis 22 that Abraham sends his servant to get a wife for Isaac. And it says in the, in the verses, the opening verses, go to my people, but only take a wife from my family. And God just spoke a word to me, like as if it was written for me, only from my family. I went downstairs and I said to my mum, and I was, I was like young, six months in. I said, mum, God's just spoken to me. I've got to finish with Mary. That was her name. I've got to finish with her. God's going to do it. And he, he wants me to have somebody from my own family. Not my, you know what I mean, spiritual family. <laughs> just in case you're thinking, oh, great, I can have my sister. No. <laughs> from my spiritual family. And so within about three or four weeks, I don't know, sometimes when you look back, it's, but it was within a month or two, definitely. Del came into the church, got saved, gave her life to Jesus. And that was that. God worked the miracle for me. When my daughter was going to get, when she was, um, when we we'd conceived, she was, you know, in Dell's womb. We had this, we had this message from the doctor: you need to come in urgently. We need to do uh, a real uh, invasive test because it's shown up that she's got a chromosome missing, and there's all these problems. And I was like, oh God, what are we going to do? What? And I remember walking on a beach, and God speaking directly to me. I was away at the time, speaking to me. Great, don't worry about it. She's going to be born fine. I phoned my wife. I said, Del, don't worry about it. She said, what do you want about? I said, God has spoken. We're not going for any tests. We're not doing it. She's going to be fine. God's got it. Rhema. You can only have a rhema when you've got a logos. God's, God's not going to just randomly shout at you one day if you're not open to him, if you're not sensing him, if you're not getting to know him, if you're not open to him. And he spoke to me specific. We were looking for a building years later in our first church, sitting down, and we'd looked everywhere. I'd looked at every building possible in the area where we were. We tried everything, and we were renting this Methodist hall. We were using it in the evening. They were using it in the morning. And we were at deadlock. We talked to him. He said, well, I've got another building I can give you in another village, but nobody would move. So I was like, stuck. God, what are we going to do? So one of the elders, a woman elder with us, she had this bright idea. Should we pray? And he hated when. So I can remember sitting down in my lounge. We were having this elders meeting, and, and she said, should we pray? Yeah, good thinking. Should have thought of that. And literally, I bowed my head, and God says, Joshua 6. I opened the Bible, Joshua 6, and it says this. Now Jericho was tightly shut up, and nobody went out, and nobody went in. That was us. The Methodist church, nobody was going out, nobody was getting in. We were just in this thing. But God says, I've given you the city. Boom. Word of God. I just said, guys, it's ours. 
that building is ours. And within three months, it was ours. You've got to be open to God. You've got to be listening to God. He's sitting by the side of it, and he's not even really aware of what Jesus is speaking. But Jesus speaks to your spirit, not your mind. And you need to understand that. Right now, some of you are sitting, I don't know why I'm reading this Bible, it's useless. Stop thinking you're speaking to your mind. He's speaking to your spirit. You need revelation to come from your spirit. You need to walk into a situation and know, you know what to do, but you don't know how you know what to do. You need to know in your Noah what's going on. And I'm not talking about the ark Noah, I'm talking about your Noah Noah. Are you with me? You've got to know. And God is the one who can give you that. Secondly, he responded positively to what was said to him. Jesus says this, push out into deep water. Peter's reply, master, we've worked hard all night and I haven't caught it. But because you say so, I will let down the nets for the catch. What is God wanting you to do? What is living by faith? I tell you what it is. It's listening to him, hearing him, and then responding to it positively. Because it's not going to make sense to you. Now, the thing is, right, we read that scripture and we think, oh, yeah, push out. Now, for Peter, he's shattered. He's worked all night. He's probably soaking. He's got sand all over him because he's been on this, on this beach cleaning the nets. He's got to load all the nets back in the boat. He's got to put all the things that he's got to use to catch all the fish. He's got to pull all the cords in. If I use them today, that means if it doesn't work or if it goes wrong, I've got to then sit on the beach and do the same jolly job that I've done. Are you with me? So it's not like Peter going, oh, yes, let's have a catch of fish. This is tons of work, tons of effort on one guy's word. But he did it. And they push out right into deep. I don't know what they did to get there. I doubt very much they pulled up a sail and just floated. They would have. (laughs) And Jesus would have been sitting there probably going, love you, Lord, or whatever he was doing. I don't know. But he's just sitting there while Peter's doing all this energy, all this effort. The other guys in their boats are going Sorry about that picture. That's ruined the story for you. But the fact is, he's having to do all this stuff because Jesus says it. But he did it. Do you know why? Because he said it. And you and me, we've got to positively respond to the word of God. Listen, let's bring it down to you. Some of you know what God's saying. You know it right now. You know he's asking you to give more. You know he's saying, I want you to step up in church and get involved. I want you to step up a little bit more. I want you to take responsibility. I want you to believe for your kids and stop preaching at them. Tell them about me. Serve them. Love them. Connect with them. He wants you to forgive people. And you are holding on to it. You're saying, but I can't. And God says, yes, you can. I'll empower you. Faith has to act. It has to respond to the word. It has to be something we demonstrate because faith is not just me thinking about something. It's me doing it. And listen, God can sort it out. Let's be honest, right? Let's be honest. If I was Peter after the miracle, I'd be walking down the road and saying, Jesus, Jesus, can I have a chat here? Why didn't you get the fish to jump in my boat when it was in the shallow water? Do you know what I mean? Jesus, why didn't you fix it before I have a problem? And Jesus says, no, 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 you're missing what's going on here. It's not about me fixing you. It's about you finding me. It's you discovering me. Some of you right now, you're praying about issues in your life. You're you're saying, God, I can't believe this. You know, what's going on and why is this happening and all that? And we all get that. I just want to say to you, put your faith in the one 
who knows it all. Trust him. Dig deep. Hold on. And keep holding on. Keep rowing. You know, rowing is one of those repetitive things, isn't it? You just go... You do it down here, or you go punting down here, and you don't row. <laughs> but the fact is, rowing is just the, it's the repetitive. You know, in life, to get where you've got to go and where God wants to get you, it's doing, 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 doing. Tomorrow, do it. Next day, do it. Next day, do it. Next day, do it. Next day, do it. And it's like God is not working. It's not supposed to work. It's supposed to do something. It's not supposed to be magically happening around you. It's you moving into what God has got. Because when God, you, God has got you ready, everything will start breaking open in your life. It's about him building you. There's some other verses we can look at, but I want to get to this point. He obeyed completely. Because you say so, I will let down the net. He pushed out. He went forward into it. Why? Because he trusted him implicitly. Trusted him implicitly. When we look at this story, what was the story about? What was, it, what was Jesus doing? If he wanted to, he could have given Peter a revelation on the beach that would have blown his mind. They catch the fish. The fish come in. He says, get out into the deep and I'm going to do something significant. This is a word of God for some of you today. You want God to do something, you've got to get into deep waters. You're playing around at the moment in the shallows. You're standing into the ankle deep and you think, oh, it's a bit cold or it's a bit warm. Oh, it's uncomfortable. I'm not sure I like this. God says, come on, come with me. Come on, come on, come on, come on. You, you know, got a prayer meeting on Tuesday night. You need to be there. Do you know why? Because you've got to go deeper with God. Oh, I ain't got time for praying. Well, you're not going to go deeper with God. Oh, but I, you know what I mean? I've got other stuff on. It's my favorite TV program. Oh, Whatever. If you're going to get deeper with God, you've got to go deeper with God. Hello? Push out in the deep. Put the nets over. So he put the nets over. All of a sudden, the, the nets are breaking. He's pulling. He's calling his guys. Come on. Come, come. Help us. Help us. Help us. It says such a great catch of fish that it weighed the boat down. The boat was actually sinking because of the catch of fish. I can, you can imagine Peter. This is miracle. Yes? Would you agree? An absolute miracle. What did Peter do? Guys, help us get this fish onto the beach. They pulled the boats down onto the beach. They parked the boats and left everything. Hold on. You've been fishing all night. You've been complaining about fishing all night, catching nothing. When you catch the catch of fish, what do they do? They leave the catch of fish and follow Jesus. Do you know why? Because it was never about the fish. It was always about the faith. Jesus wasn't bothered about fish. They actually ended up not bothered about fish. Your miracle is not meant to fix your problem. It's meant to fix you. Your miracle, your breakthrough, your, the thing that God wants to do in you. It's not about giving something to it. God, can, you can trip over a box of money that can pay your mortgage. He's not trying to pay your mortgage. He's trying to sort you out to live by faith. Because that's the issue. Because listen, if you live by faith, you've already got it. If you get to know the healer, it doesn't matter whether you're healed or not. Because you'll walk with the healer knowing you're going to get healed. So you're not looking then for the result because you're walking with the king. 
If you want deliverance, if you want, if you need release, if you need something to happen in your life, it's getting closer to him, not getting it. Because you can get it and miss him. And if you do that, you're in a worse place. If they'd have had a catch of fish, but not seen Jesus, what a tragedy. But when they saw the catch of fish, what did Peter do? He got down on his knees. He said, Lord, go away from me. I'm a sinful man. He had a revelation of himself. He sees himself. It would be months later when they were walking at Caesarea Philippi. And I'll finish with this. Caesarea Philippi and Jesus was saying, who do people say I am? Who, who, who do people say I am? And, and they were all saying different things. And Peter says this. You're the Christ, the son of the living God. Peter, flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. And on this rock, we'll build our church. Not on Peter, but on the revelation. Peter had a revelation of himself and he had a revelation of Jesus. He still blew it later on, but Jesus restored him because it was never about blowing it or not blowing it. It was always about faith. The difference between Judas and Peter was one run away and the other stuck. That in the midst of his confusion, he could say, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Because it's always about relationship and love. And I'm telling you right now today, I want to I speak into your life. Trust God. Trust him for the impossible. Trust him for the insane. Trust him for the unimaginable. Because he wants to do it. And he wants to teach you in the midst of it what it is to know him and to walk with him. Your problem is not too big. I declare that, King's Church. Your problem is not too big. The King of heaven and earth can do it. He can do it. He can do it. Amen? Bow your heads a moment if you would, please. Thank you for listening, and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church, or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless, and goodbye.